0: Welcome everyone to Knuck If You Buck, the Milwaukee Bucks podcast that explains how your local team stacks up against the rest of the NBA. Hey Hoop Heads, we appreciate you listening to this episode of Knuck If You Buck. Be sure to check out these other NBA pods on the Hoopheads podcast network, including Cavalier Central, 305 Culture, Spanning the Spurs, Hashtag Lakers, Motor City Hoops, X's & O's NBA Breakdown, LA Hoops, The Wizards Hoops Analyst, and At The Buzzer. Plus, our coaching-focused podcasts, Thrive with Trevor Huffman, Beyond the Ball, The Maze.com Podcast, Players Court, Bleachers and Boards, and The Green Light. Oh, and don't forget to check out our flagship, The Hoopheads Podcast, hosted by me, Mike Cleansing, and my co-host, Jason Sunkel, featuring the best minds in the game, from grassroots to the NBA. Hey hoop heads. we all hate ankle sprains, and they happen way too often. Ankle injuries are the number one sports related injury, Arise is trying to change that. With the iFast, your athletes get preventative protection and full mobility. Athletes no longer need to wear bulky braces that limit performance and give mediocre protection. Anyone playing sports should be using these products. Keep your athletes in the game, don't wait for them to get hurt to take action. Visit www.arise.com, spelled A-R-Y-S-E, and use the code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off the future of performance. That's A-R-Y-S-E.com with promo code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Nuck If You Buck, brought to you by Hoopheads and hosted by me, Devin Zanskis, as always. Today, I'm coming at you solo, but we have a few games to celebrate, which is slightly more rare than it has been the past two seasons. Uh, of course, these are all opponents that uh, we would expect to take care of business against. But as mentioned, that hasn't always been the case these past couple weeks. So without further ado, first I'll review last Sunday's game, which would have been February 21st, against the Kings at a Fiserv Forum. The Bucks took home the victory 128-115. to Same starters as the end of the last week, if I remember correctly, that is DJ Augustine, Dante DiVincenzo, Chris, Giannis, and Brooke, whereas the Kings were starting De'Aaron Fox, Buddy Heald. Daquan Jeffries, Marvin Bagley, and Rashawn Holmes. You may notice there that there were there was no Harrison Barnes for this game, which definitely uh, helped out the Bucks in some regard, to say the least. And During the game, the Bucks were third in offensive rating, to the uh, Kings being last in defensive rating, uh, which didn't come as a surprise to me. Uh, early on in the first quarter, Chris had uh, Rashawn Holmes stumbling a bit. Um with the handle, but then unfortunately uh, Fox did the same to uh Thinassus or Thanasty onto Decumbo. I'd say that's one of the biggest developments of the week is Marcus Johnson introducing nasty as the very fitting nickname for Thanassus. Um speaking of Thanasty, we had a couple more contributions from uh, the bench, from Bryn and Bobby Portis both coming off the bench, knocking down. Uh, threes. The Bucks were also helped by the Kings' bigs, particularly uh, Hassan Whiteside, missing a few bunnies at the rim. Moving on to the second quarter, the Bucks opened up uh, second period with Dante, Bryn, Chris, Giannis, and Bobby Kings with uh, Corey Joseph, Tyrese Halliburton, the Oshkosh native, uh, Jeffries, Jabari Parker of familiar face for us Bucks fans, and then Rashawn Holmes. Uh, Giannis actually was whistled for a charge on Jabari Parker but Bud challenged that call successfully which made uh, the shot count as well for Giannis then the Bucks would go on a 12-2 run uh, from the six to the four minute mark in the second quarter Um, the the Kings responded themselves with Daquan Jeffries uh, not a familiar name as I mentioned him now for the for the third time for Bucks fans, but uh, definitely someone out there who looked like he belonged in an NBA game. I believe uh, broadcast was saying that Jeffries was on a two-way contract for the Kings last season, but now was uh, brought back for a normal roster spot. So shout out to him as he strips Portis, and then um, after that, Steel Buddy Heald would hit back-to-back threes. However, halftime the Bucks were still up seventy to fifty-six. Giannis had already had 21, 4, and 11 on only 4-10 shooting and one steal, but he had already gotten to the line um, uh, 15 times, knocking down 13 of those. I believe by the end of this week, Giannis, um, uh, shoot, I don't have the exact uh, number on me, but at least over this past week, if not more, Giannis has been shooting at, a, uh, at above a 70% clip from the free throw line, so that's a... That's a great development for him. I'm not sure if he's fully turned a corner for the rest of his career. Or anything he's, I think, I believe he's gone through stints like this where he's hot from the free throw line, and hopefully, hopefully he doesn't re- regress to the mean. But um, we'll stay tuned with that. Uh, in addition, Chris had 14, five, and four, and Daquan Daquan Jeffries had 11, one, and two at half. Um, and then. Let's see. Chris then splashes a three in the face of Jeffries to open up the third quarter. And then Giannis would also catch a lob from Dante. Uh, Dante, I believe, all the way back at a, th- at a three-point line. And then uh, Giannis caught it in midair for the lay-in. Not quite a slam and jam we'd expect from Giannis, but we're not hard-pressed for those, obviously. Some more uh, thanasty minutes here as uh, Bucks want to jump ball and... Thanassis recovers it and sprints all the way down to the other basket, slams it home, and then uh, in quick succession, he swats Marvin Bagley, really having to get up for that. Um, after three quarters, the Bucks would be up 99-82, uh, to 82, so we had, had already had a comfortable lead. Uh, Giannis had already had uh, tallied up 27 points and uh, also knocked down two more free throws that quarter. In just 24 minutes, the Kings would unsuccessfully challenge a uh, Corey Joseph being whistled on a Chris Middleton jumper in that fourth quarter. Um, And then uh, Giannis would also, as he does, uh, get himself in rhythm as he splashes home a cool comma collected three over Marvin Bagley. And we'd also see some Sam. Merrill minutes as well to close out uh, the Bucks' 128-115 victory. Though Sam Merrill minutes would not be independent of this, of this one game against the Kings, as I may have expected at this point. Uh, the broadcast had shared some thoughts from Sam Merrill that he believes his defense has improved already sig- significantly this season, uh, which is something we like to hear given Merrill's obvious athletic uh, limitations. And... Could be some confirmation bias, but I thought that that really held up as he was keeping guys in front of him, not getting blown by. So, really encouraging to see that from uh, Sam Merrill. As I saw Sam in there, I naturally was wondering uh, where Jordan Navarro was at. I believe the G League bubble is still going on right now. So, we've been seeing these guys uh, play, for, play for a number of different uh, G League affiliates, but... Uh, later on in the week, I was able to see that uh, Jordan Duara was in street clothes watching the game uh, alongside uh, DJ Wilson and Drew Holiday. So I don't think I don't think these Sam Merrill minutes are at all an indictment on Jordan Duara. He must be just uh, fighting through an injury, I suppose. I don't have a complete confirmation of that, but I, I don't know why else he would be in street clothes and uh, Sam Merrill wouldn't be. And that caps off the first uh, victory of the week. Of course, the Bucks would go on to win um, all three of their games, of course, against opponents that we would expect to take home victories against. But as we've learned the week prior, um, no victory is guaranteed. Um, but you guys know how I like to look ahead of each week. And and, uh, and just note a record that I would I would be happy with. I never expect that we'll go undefeated. Uh, for a week, I guess if I would, this would be a week to look for that, but obviously myself and all the other Bucks fans out there possibly listening were excited about this, but something that wasn't um, that wasn't quite as exciting, I suppose for Bucks fans was leading up to our second game of the week against the Timberwolves. Uh, the All-Star reserves were announced and Chris Middleton had not made the team. I suppose, personally, I was building myself up to for the possibility of this happening. I wasn't. I still thought that he would have a good chance in there. I thought maybe he had gotten, he had earned a respect vote. But alas, the pool this year is especially deep. I'm not sure if I've noted on the podcast before, but many analysts have pointed out that that there are, are almost, if not twice the amount of guys this year averaging 20 points per game and chris is right on that cusp with 20.6 points per game uh and then 6.1 to 5.7 splits bucks of course a respectable third in the east with a 20 and 13 record as of today um but yeah we unfortunately didn't get that second starter I should take this moment to list off the other reserves that were listed ahead of Middleton. And let's see, getting back to my notes, I have a couple sheets up here today. But uh, obviously the starters are Giannis, Kevin Durant, Embiid, Beal, and Kyrie Irving. But then the reserves were uh, Jalen Brown, James Harden, Zach Levine averaging a 28.7, 5.2 and 5. As the Bulls are in the 8th seed acid today. Julius Randle also having. um, A perhaps surprise magnificent performance this season. Ben Simmons, Jason Tatum, Nikola Vucevic. Kevin Durant also um, was announced on his behalf. That he will be out for all the games leading up to All-Star break. And for the All-Star break. So Domitas Sabonis of the Indiana Pacers was named. As that injury replacement. Just kind of. I guess another moment there where Bucks fans had a bit of a bit of an added disappointment, um, but still, if you look at all those all those guys' numbers, uh, I don't think I think it would be pretty tough to put Chris in there above most, if not all, of those guys. I know both of let's see both of the Celtics guys and James Harden are averaging exactly twenty five points per game this season. Julius Randle is near that as well, leading the next two. I believe right now, they stand at uh, number four or five in the East. He's averaging something like 23 and a half, 10 and five. That might even be underestimating his numbers. Uh, ben Simmons obviously doesn't fill it up in the scoring category as much, playing alongside Joel Embiid and Tobias Harris. But Ben Simmons is also is averaging eight rebounds and eight assists per game, and it's putting up a. He Should be a shoe in probably for first team all defense this year. I know I've particularly enjoyed watching his defensive highlights as he can pretty much guard one through five, and that's exceptionally rare. So, a couple of guys that I listed that it was um, possible for to make the argument that Chris could make it over it's Nikola Vucevic. Now, he's putting up numbers of 24.4, 11.6 rebounds, and 3.6 assists for the Magic. However, the Magic have the inverse record of the Bucks with 13 of 20, 13th in the East. Um, whereas Domitas Sabonis, the injury uh, replacement that Bucks fans had, ho- had hoped would be Chris Middleton, uh, Sabonis is averaging 21.4, 11.4 rebounds and 5.9 assists. As the Pacers are uh, just below 500 and just below the playoff picture, fi- 15 and 16 ninth in the east but it is especially worth mentioning that um the gap in the east in the eastern conference standings right now is pretty significant um right now there is i believe there's a larger gap between uh us and the fourth seed which now stands uh as the raptors who Alongside the Heat, haven't been in the playoff picture much at all this year until now. You should know that neither of those teams haven't have an All Star in there, so that should also provide Bucks fans with a little bit of comfort there that the Chris is definitely not the only snub. But yeah, between the three and the fourth seed and the fourth and the twelfth seed, there is they have the same, if not a larger, gap in terms of games back. That might provide. Uh, a little bit of support for Chris Middleton's case that I'm going to make here, uh, particularly for Nikola Vucevic, um, or to replace Nikola Vucevic right here. Obviously, Sabonis was was the re- was the injury replacement, and not Vucevic. But I think at 13th in the East, you don't necessarily need to get a representative in there. Now, obviously, there are factors beyond standings. That get players into the All Star game, and I and I don't think that um, that whether or not a team's winning should be the only criteria. And I don't think that Voos is is solely responsible for for this team's downfall. After all, they don't have a Jonathan Isaac or uh, Mark Hell Fault. Possib- those two missing are just kind of offhand that I can come up with, but there may be more who have missed games given um, the health and safety protocols. But at the end of the day, I still don't think I still don't think you need a representative in there if you're thirteenth in the East. And to me, Nikola Vucevic doesn't necessarily stand out as as a clear cut all star. Maybe people don't see that either as, as either for Chris Middleton. But I think given that gap in the standings, I think I think that would support the Bucks getting getting a second contributor, especially with someone as deserving as Chris Middleton. Um. That being said, having Sabonis in there as the injury replacement, I don't really have any qualms with that. Although they're now out of the playoff picture. Um the that four through twelfth seed, those are all those teams are all only separated by one game right now in the standings, in terms of one game back. Um and I know the um I know the Pacers have consistently been um been more towards the top of that group this year. So I don't mind at all getting Sabonis in there over Chris Middleton. I just don't see why Nikola Vucevic has to be in there, but uh, Chris Middleton certainly not the only snub, and I'll leave it at that. Now, just checking in before I get to the second of three contests here, I'd like to share a note from our sponsor, and that's Thrive Fantasy. Come prop up on Thrive Fantasy this season. Thrive Fantasy is a daily sports app for player props. They've eliminated the need to do countless hours of research because they only ask you about top tier athletes in your respective sport. Um, For example, uh, you may choose five out of 10 player prop options to build your lineup. This may behoove you if you're like me, whereas maybe you're a little obsessive about one sport and then you're casual in others. For example, like me in the NFL. Uh, If you're this way about the NBA, where you're admittedly a casual. Um, I'd hope that you could at least pick pick the best five out of a 10-player prop option to take advantage of this. I believe I would be able to do so at the NFL, and I don't think I'm alone there. Uh, each prop has a fantasy point total associated with, with an over-under based on the likelihood to occur. The most points a selection is worth the riskier it is, naturally. So you'll want to rack up the most points to win a share of the prize pool. Thrive Fantasy has awarded over $2.2 million in prizes since launching in 2018, including um, $50,000 guaranteed for a single week uh, uh, during this past NFL season and thousands uh, more from the beginning of the NBA season. You may use promo code Giannis, that's G-I-A-N-N-I-S, when you sign up today and you will receive an instant deposit match up to $50 on your first deposit of $20 or more. You may download Thrive Fantasy on the App Store or Play Store, or you can visit their website at www.thrivefantasy.com. Sign up and prop up today. Getting back to the hoops here, the second of three wins came against the Minnesota Timberwolves, which there is a battle between Giannis and Carl Anthony Towns. The Bucks would come up victorious. 139-112. Um, to 112. Now, you may have noticed that there, were, there was a bit of press here behind the Minnesota Timberwolves and uh, the way they have hired a coach midseason in controversial fashion. That's Chris Finch coming off the Raptors bench, who, bench who many believe was due for a head coaching position himself. But many have thought that as well from lead assistant with the Timberwolves, David Vanderpool. He spent, I believe, seven years uh, on the Portland Trailblazers bench, which makes sense given the amount of support that uh, David Vanderpool got from Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum about how their guy, definitely worthy of a head coaching position, didn't get a chance to fill in in the interim as is standard. When you hire a coach, uh, pardon me, when you fire a coach midseason, it's standard that you uh, allow the lead assistant to come on in, in an interim role to, give them the, to get them the opportunity that they've... That they've deserved, getting all the way up to that lead assistant role, especially in David Vanderpool's uh, place here. Uh, main thing is here, not that Chris Finch isn't deserving of this job, but it's definitely poor press, poor press for the Minnesota Timberwolves. Given also the fact that that the man they're hiring, uh, firing, pardon me, they fired um, Ryan Saunders, which may sound familiar as. Longtime head coach Flip Saunders uh, now passed. Rest in peace. Um, that is his son, Ryan, whom they fired. So you may imagine there was already a bit of nepotism there um, when uh, Ryan got the hire. He was the youngest coach in basketball. And and I believe his, his assistant, David Vanderpool, might have even had more, more experience than him. So to go from, from a bit of nepotism to... Uh, to not giving a leading candidate and deserving candidate and David Vanderpool a chance to fill in 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 the interim. As standard is a bad look for a league who claims to be woke. But um, yeah, nevertheless, I suppose we'll get back to Bucks basketball here. We have the same starters um, as we have had for almost the past week now. Uh, whereas the Timberwolves are starting a Ricky Rubio. Number one overall pick, Anthony Edwards. Malik Beasley, who I believe has since been suspended several games due to um, charges uh, pressed against him for, I believe, improper uh, use of a firearm. But nevertheless, uh, Jarrett Vanderbilt, I believe a former Kentucky Wildcat name some may not be familiar with, also, with Malik Beasley, a part of that trade from the Nuggets last year, starting alongside Carl Anthony Towns on the front court. Um, to start off this game here, the Timberwolves would go on a 7 0 run um, in, in just about a minute there from the six to the five minute mark. Um, but uh Bucs would still um, close out the first quarter, um, be a very fast paced. Um, First quarter, uh, thirty-eight to thirty-six, just just two point lead for the Bucks behind uh, Bobby scoring the last six for the Bucks. Bucks would open the second quarter with Dante Brin, Chris the Nasty, and Bobby Portis to open up that second quarter. Whereas the Wolves uh, opened with uh, Jordan McLaughlin, um, J- Jalen Noel. I believe I had his first name right. Uh, Malik Beasley, Josh Akoji, and Carl anthony Towns broadcast noted around this point that the Bucks were number one in points in transition, whereas the um, Wolves were 29th in uh, points allowed in transition. So uh, you can imagine what this game maybe looked like fast paced as I had already noted. Um, and then we got to a point where Giannis dunks on Karl-Anthony Towns twice in just about a minute getting uh teed up for that first poster a little soft but it was it was definitely taunting he we got to see a Giannis mean mug and he was staring down carl anthony towns for a moment there but should be noted that there's no bad blood between the two as apparently Giannis had reached out to carl anthony towns before this game and um because unfortunately they have um they have a similarity there and having lost uh a parent, carly Anthony Towns, of course, um losing his mother to COVID-19, and then Giannis losing his father um within the past um past few years. So uh Giannis is just uh it was reported that Giannis had reached out to cat that he's there if he needs any support and that he's got love for him. So we love to see that uh that brotherhood that bond and uh <laughs> i i still believe that there isn't bad blood there because of that between Giannis and cat despite Giannis's mean mug and then let's see bucks would start out three of five from three to the wolves putting up three of ten three of twelve wolves are really we're really uh chucking up shots from three-point line there obviously with limited success then from uh, those starts with each team uh, hitting three threes to start the game with their respective a- respective attempts. The Bucks would then go on to hit their next three, and the Wolves would miss, miss their next one to lead the Bucks to a 79-62 lead at half. Um, and then uh, early in the third quarter, uh, Giannis would pass Bobby Dandridge for fifth in Bucks scoring. You see him and Chris are really climbing up uh, the Bucks record here, now signing um let's see. Yeah, now now on their now on their third contracts here uh with that level of experience, it's only natural with their production that they would be they'd be uh climbing onto the short lists of all the Bucks records. You'd love to see it. Um and then later on in the third quarter, we would also see back-to-back threes from Bryn uh Forbes late in the third quarter, in which he had 17 after three and um, Bryn also, by the end of the game, had at least, he definitely had over 20, 20 points, which would be his season high, so shout out Bryn, always bringing that clip, Um, and then, let's see, we also, uh, as I had mentioned before, we got to see some Sam Merrill action in this game, um, as I mentioned, I was really thrilled with um, with his defensive activity, and and his anticipation and staying in front of his man, um, and then by the end of this game, um, obviously as I had mentioned, a pretty comfortable win for the Bucks, one thirty nine to one twelve. Um, Giannis would finished with thirty seven points, eight assists, eight rebounds thir- in just a uh, uh, thirteen of eighteen attempts from the field. Two blocks, two steals, ten of thirteen from the line. Again, Giannis getting the line. Plenty there, and had good splits. Carl Anthony Towns and Malik Be- Beasley each had 26 points. Uh, some more uh, game notes here just to show the discrepancy. Uh, the Bucks shot 53.5% for the field to the Wolves, 42.9%. Then from the three-point line, Bucks shot 47.6% to the Wolves, 35.2%. Uh, Bucks also had the rebounding advantage, as they often do. Fifty-two to forty-three, and then nine to seven in offensive ratings. The Bucks had, uh, let's see, it was eight turnovers to the Wolves' fourteen. As each teams were getting up and down there, and active in passing lanes. Bucks also had twice as many free throw attempts and uh, twenty more paint points compared to the Timberwolves. So those are all uh, recipes for success for our Milwaukee Bucks. Now, last but certainly not least, was a very exciting um, late-night game on TNT, which would be another uh, battle of the bigs here between Giannis and Zion Williamson. Of course, as I as I mentioned, looking ahead to each week, um, definitely considering um, the historic first-half beatdown we had gotten from the Pelicans earlier in the season, I thought that, that this would unfortunately maybe be Maybe be a bit of a rough patch here for the Bucks, but but we were able to we were able to take care of business uh, late in this game to help with the help of Dante Divincenzo who did a, did a phenomenal job filling in uh, nominally at that point guard spot as we were without both of our usual point guards and Drew Holiday of course and DJ Augustine who. Um, who actually missed the game to due to the birth of of his child? So shout out uh, DJ Augustine there. Uh, Dante would end up having a career having a career night here. I believe he finished with a career high twenty four points and then also hit timely threes all throughout the second half. And uh, as timely as, as could be, he drew a charge on uh, Brandon Ingram in during the last play of this game. It uh, should also be noted that uh, Lonzo Ball passed out, passed up a fairly open three as well. Yeah, social media loves Lonzo Ball. I've seen about a billion times that Lonzo has said said that he regrets not taking the relatively open three that he had before Dante drew the charge on Ingram. But but um, I don't know. Lonzo Ball is also not not necessarily a go to scorer for for the New Orleans Pelicans to say to say the least, definitely behind uh, Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson. He's also just a pass-first guy to begin with. So Now, as I had mentioned, starting for the top here, uh, we were missing DJ Augustine heading into this game, so we had to have a new starting lineup of Dante, Chris, Giannis, Portis, and Brooke. You'll notice here that we had quite a big lineup to start, and all throughout this week I had seen a lot more uh, – Bigger lineups of a lot of Giannis and Thanasis on the court together with a center, you know, something that that Bucks fans, including myself, probably don't think they've seen since the Jason Kidd era. Giannis playing playing the three position or Thanasis, depending on the way you look at it, I suppose. But but yeah, it still proves to be successful, of course. Bobby Portis is having a career year from the from the three-point line, probably still top ten there, and certainly above 40%. Brooke, despite his percentages, people know that, that he's willing to toss it up uh, anywhere around the horn. So, so he has to be respected out there as well. So although, although we're playing a little bigger here, at times we're not giving up a ton of spacing. Um, given we're a li- we're a little thinner. In the backcourt, in the absences of Drew Holiday and DJ Augustine, Pelicans Pelicans had their usual starters in Eric Bledsoe, Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, Zion Williamson, and Steven Adams. We're still getting uh, plenty of energy from Bobby Portis off the bench here. As I mentioned, not only from his shooting, but he's skied for a huge denial on Brandon Ingrams. I think that's the highest I've seen Bobby Portis get all season. Maybe a little fired up that that he's getting the start here. I also thought that uh, Zion Williamson early on, um, similar to what we saw when we were playing the Kings, was was missing some bunnies early, but he still ended up with uh, 5 of 7 from the field after the first quarter. So not missing too many, I suppose. Maybe maybe he could have definitely missed some, some and one opportunities uh, that I didn't write down here, but Milwaukee was still up 33 to 28 after the first quarter. Giannis would actually cap off the, f- the first quarter with a, with a beautiful three himself, uh, something we love to see. Second quarter, the Bucks would open up with Bryn Forbes, Sam Merrill early on in this game, Chris Middleton, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Bobby Portis. Uh, broadcast here, um, which was, of course, uh, Chris Weber and Marv Albert um, pointed out the Bucks had only had five assists about quarter of the way through the second period uh, to the Pelicans. Eleven, the Pelicans had a fairly hot start to the second quarter, which led to a Bud timeout. Um, as I mentioned, about a quarter of the way through the second period. Um, overall, um, from both teams, the broadcast pointed out that that there there's a ton of offense, a lot of open threes, but also um, not a ton of defense there. Um, both sides, a lot of really lazy or non-existent closeouts, which led to those open threes. Just as we had seen from Bobby Portis early in the game, uh Dante DiVincenzo himself reached reached to the heavens uh to to snag a huge block. Um uh going in going into uh the end of the first half, Dante DiVincenzo uh I believe here if my if uh I don't if I'm not uh if I'm not incorrect here from my notes, Dante DiVincenzo already had 17 points on three of four shooting from three. Bucks were barely up at half though, just 69 to 68, a one point lead. Um early on, Giannis, I noted he was missing he was missing some shots. Um he might have even had a couple air balls at that point, missing short. Um also noted later in the game, especially Josh Hart did it about as about as good as a 6'5 guy could do on Giannis with his uh with his low center of gravity, have Giannis actually having a hard time moving him as much as you would expect. So shout out Josh Hart. I know in the past I've ranked him a little low um, compared to some of my peers, but I believe that was also paying respect to Wesley Matthews in that case. But it also pointed out, not in this game, but earlier in the week, I believe uh, some some athletic uh, analysts in uh, Dave Dufour and – uh, South Park now we're we're we're, uh, we're suggesting that maybe it's time for the Pelicans to offer uh, Josh Hart a starting spot if, if they can continue to skid here. But uh, looking at their looking at their backcourt, Eric Bledsoe and Lonzo Ball, those are two two guys who I believe they they would expect to expect to start in the league. You know, given Eric Bledsoe's experience near all-star production at times uh despite the playoff foibles that we're all too familiar of and then zion williamson also or pardon me zion will definitely be starting but lonzo ball certainly someone um with all of the fame he's experienced at a young age he would definitely definitely be uh hesitant to give up a starting starting role even if it's not his choice especially in a contract year for him there's a lot of uh noise around um where Alonzo could be uh, traded to if that's what the Pelicans choose to do. And uh, since he didn't agree to an extension, that might also be what Zion, uh, not Zion, I keep saying Zion. Alonzo Ball also might want to trade for himself, um, which is understandable given the lack of shooting on this team. Alonzo Ball, although he's improved in that respect, as I mentioned earlier, kind of a pass pass first guy, and I think he would be... um, He'd benefit, still still being in an up-tempo system like like the Pelicans, but he might be better better suited with more shooting around him so he's able to find uh, guys who are more likely to knock down open shots um, when he finds them. Where was I at here? Oh, yeah. So now in each of these three games, I should also mention that consistently Pat would be the first one off the bench here giving uh getting some early burn and giving dante a bit of rest buck seemingly had a perfect start to the third quarter i noted but unfortunately it was uh, a similar case for the pelicans (laughs) uh further on down the line here uh despite despite everything i've said about lonzo ball that maybe it sounded like an indictment there uh lonzo ball uh was this is just about uh probably midway through the third quarter here lonzo ball had already had um 18 points and 5 assists, 6-10 shooting, a block and a steal. Um, not much longer after uh, after I noted that Lonzo Ball uh, stat line and some impressive defense from Josh Hart on Giannis. Giannis would um, look a bit banged up there. Initially, initially, I noted that I thought it was a tweaked ankle, the way he was hobbling, but then later on, he was holding his lower back, so... Heard that from the broadcast, and I was a little shocked given given the way he was walking after that. But yeah, lo and behold, he was holding that back, and that's that's what that's what the little uh, hiccup was for Giannis. But he definitely uh, picked up where he let off later. Um, let's see. And then uh, closing out the third quarter here, it was a little concerning as as our lead was. Uh, dwindling more and more after our hot start, the Bucks were getting eaten up inside by uh, none other than Willie Heron and Gomez. Uh, something that you wouldn't want to see as a Bucks fan. Um, but that was due to to actually a smaller front court and having uh, Giannis and Thanasis at the four and the five. Um, and Giannis, of course, a little a little more familiar playing the free free safety and defending on the perimeter. So I noticed that he kind of wasn't. He wasn't really staying in the lane as we like to see in our drop coverage there to protect the rim. So that's why uh, someone like Willie Hearn and Gomez was able to to have his way against uh, Giannis and mostly a bench lineup around him. That led to a Bud timeout late in the third quarter. But going into the fourth fourth quarter, both teams well, yeah, obviously both teams tied at uh, 103 points. Chris Webber had noted that the Bucks are 0-11 this season, entering the fourth quarter um, tied or behind. Luckily, that is subject to change. As the Bucks would open the fourth with the Dante, Bryn, Chris, Portis, and Baruch lineup going on a 10-0 run against uh, the Pelicans, uh, Bledsoe, Redick, Hart, Zion, and Heron Gomez lineup. Each teams down the stretch were trading leads, leads behind baskets from both of their dynamic duos in Chris and Giannis versus Ingram and Zion. So you can, you can imagine the roller coaster of emotions I was experiencing here. Um, late week night, trying, <laughs> trying to be cognizant of my neighbors here in my, in my apartment apartment building, but it was, it was quite tough. Uh, fist clench for sure. Um, you even later in the game, Brook Lopez would would swat Zion Williamson, and and Giannis would go coast to coast for the slam. Now, this is a talking point to avoid burying the lead here, but you know, despite Zion's line here that I'll that I'll note to close along with Giannis's, um, I felt that the Bucks did a pretty good job defending him him at the basket, especially Brooke Lopez parking himself down there. Um, the whole uh, the entire 7-foot, 240, 250-plus body that he is, and then also alongside Giannis there, the like-size like, like size gentleman himself to, to defend Zion there. I um, felt that the Bucks did pretty well against him, and if anything, if I were a Pelicans fan, I would maybe be um, maybe be a little um, ruffled by the lack of an all-star whistle that I know Bucks fans have have uh thought Giannis got in the past so uh luckily for Bucks fans um whistle went the other way this time I believe not that not that I thought there were any egregious missed calls on Zion's behalf but a lot of close ones that I think uh, could have gone the other way however uh, despite the two star stat lines here as mentioned Dante was the real man of the hour of course, a career-high 24 points, but uh, before the, the enormous charge that he had taken on Ingram um, to close the game, he also had an enormous offensive rebound that um, that led to a bucket late in the game to to allow the Bucs to maintain that lead before um, the steal on Chris Middleton as the Bucs were struggling to get it in late. Of course, the Bucks would go on to win 125 to 119. Uh, Broadcast also noted this was Giannis's first ever uh, three-game 35-point streak, which uh, speaks to how amazing Giannis is that I was almost shocked by that. But um, 35 points is still a lot. Even in today's NBA, Giannis would finish with 38 points, 4 assists, 10 rebounds, 14 to 27 shooting from the field, a block. 2 of 5 from 3 and 8 of 10 from the line. Zion no slouch himself, uh, finishing with 34 points, uh, 6 and 8 on 15 and 26 shooting, block and a steal, and 4 of 5 from the line. Also, something I shouldn't bury at all is, is, is the fact that, that the Bucks were able to benefit by giving Zion the same treatment Giannis, Giannis also gets by daring him to shoot the 3 Giannis, um, Zion definitely seemed a lot more hesitant to, to put up that three, even more so than Giannis. And, uh, we were even able, able to back off from, from Zion, uh, more, more than what we see, uh, teams do against, uh, Giannis. So quite crazy how similar these two guys are. They would go on to exchange, um, jerseys after each, uh, playing, playing 30, 37 minutes on the floor together. Um. Yeah, both guys clearly, clearly with a bright future. I've always thought thought that it would it would help Zion to have have kind of a similar uh, front core partner like Brook Lopez next to him as Giannis and him are such similar molds. Of course, I was afraid we would have to give up give up Brook Lopez for um, a Drew Holiday, but I guess uh, I guess the number of picks we were able to give up were uh, were sufficient for the Pelicans who hold plenty of our first-round picks going on into the future. However, it's all worth it now that I'm excited to share the news that Drew Holiday um, Drew Holiday has at least uh, been given an update as far as um, the injury report goes. Earlier in the weekend, Adrian Wojn- Wojnarowski noted that after missing 10 consecutive games in Lee's health and safety protocol, um, Drew Holiday will uh, likely return in today's contest uh, as of recording on February 28th. The Bucks will play the Clippers at 2.30 Central Time in uh, just over an hour and a half from now, actually. However, uh, within 24 hours of Woj's report here, the Athletics' Eric Name and Bucks beat writer shared that uh, Drew Holiday did in fact practice with the team, but Mike Boonholtz reported uh, he thinks uh, he thinks uh, Drew Holiday will actually be doubtful against the Clippers. So that'll be interesting to see. As of now, I don't see any updates on my phone indicating whether or not Holiday will be playing, but I'm sure all of you will be t- tuning in as I obviously will be and we'll see if our guys out there against a much more talented team than we've faced this week um so yeah i guess i ought to i ought to get prepared i ought to get prepared for this for this uh last game of the week here which we will recap on next week's episode of nook if you buck um if you have any thoughts to share with me you're more than welcome to reach out to me on social at nook if you buck mba the U is the letter U. everything is spelt as it sounds that's on twitter instagram if you want to reach out to me share your uh, share your thoughts if um, if uh, perhaps you disagree with with any of my all-star takes perhaps although I don't think anything I said was uh, was qu- quite controversial after I did my due diligence and trying to trying to squeeze Chris Middleton into that all-star lineup but as always you gotta you, you gotta name whom you would replace if you think if you think X amount of guys deserve to be on the all all-star roster. After all, uh, it's tough to squeeze all 12 guys into the game as it is. So, expanding those rosters may be tough um, to give our guy Chris Middleton a couple more all-star nods that he deserves. But, yeah, you can uh, can hit me up on socials if you have any more thoughts on that or tune in to next week's week's episode of Nook if you buck. Thank you all very much for listening. And, as always, I'll see you in another life, brother. Thank you for tuning in to Knuck If You Buck, the Milwaukee Bucks podcast. We hope you join us again soon. See you in another life, brother.